welcome to the I Like Wrestling Podcast. I'm Matt Vogel, and here's your host, Rachel Polanski. Hello, everyone. I am Rachel Polanski. I'm Matt Vogel. And I like wrestling. And I like wrestling, too. I think too. you do, too. <laughs> We're working on it. It's our first episode. But hello, everyone. This, again, first episode. Roll with us. It might be rough, um, but the best things are, and we're going to improvise it. We are your unlikely tag team. Um, I am Rachel, as I said. We got Matt over here. How do we know each other, Matt? Because you're not just some random person to me. <laughs> right. We haven't known each other <laughs> we for do, a we few have years. Any- Never in a wrestling context, no, ever, nor would I have ever considered it. Um, you were an undergrad student, um, that worked for my organization, which is Hillel at UVM. Um, you were my office manager and, and, our and social first, media, our, manager. our first social media manager when we were, yeah, really I helped kick off the tea, yeah, oh my god, step into. Instagram, and that was like 10 years Facebook ago at this point, almost 10 years ago, or like, you know, eight years ago, which is pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. So you used to be my boss and I did not, if you had said anything to me about wrestling at the time, but way back in, you know, 2015, 2016, I would have been like, um, I mean, I know the Macho Man song. I know Hulk Hogan. Uh, I literally like wouldn't have been able to tell you anything else really. And fast forward to now 2022. And I would say I'm pretty proficient, maybe not veteran level fluent in wrestling, but uh, I'm pretty proficient. I would say now. I started seeing your tweets come up of like, <laughs> wow, this is a really deep layer of knowledge to be tweeting with this level of. Satire. Yeah. My desk, my desk, <laughs> my, my dusty right roads, <laughs> deep cuts. I love dusty. Yeah. The American dream. Yep. Yeah, no, and, so. and I never, I never would have considered bringing up wrestling to you. That was always like a big part of my professional life that I would not tell anybody because it's like, yeah, wrestling. I had no idea that you were super into wrestling. It either. Highly yeah. problematic and a lot as, going as on. As we'll it. get into, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I just like in the past few years, I started. Maybe it's because I'm over forty now, but like I stopped caring what people thought about me, and like this is a huge, huge part of who I am. It is like the media I consume. When I need to watch something, I will put on wrestling. It is the number one thing I go to. I would watch that over anything else. Um, I'm yeah, you're, you're wearing, you're a, wearing Santino a Santino Morello Morello shirt, shirt. Not to piss you off, but um, not not a huge fan. You, what, you, you don't have a cobra. Like, you don't have a cobra sock either. You didn't want to pull that. Do you have one? No, but. Dude, the guy got a sock over after Mick Foley already got a sock over. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's. We'll it's spend fine. time on Centino. Well, yes, I can. Yeah, um, yeah You're a I really, really, really like wrestling a lot, and having the chance to connect with you over Twitter and say like, "Hey, let's just publicly talk about wrestling because it's awesome," and I know I have a lot to say about it. Hell um, yeah, brother! So yeah. I'm going to try not to do too many like cringy like wrestling impressions slash like Will Sasso wrestling impressions because it's even funnier to do an impression of someone doing yeah, it's not going to work for me. Brother. No, no, I was going to say it's just <laughs> I'm not going to. We're going to keep that to the to the inside. So we have so much to talk about. We figured, you know, we're going to structure each episode a little bit because coming from the perspective of Matt has been watching wrestling since before I was born, pretty much. I was born in 1994. <laughs> Matt was, what was it, 79? 79. Yep. 79, yeah. So you're about 15 years older than I am. So you have, you have a little more seasoning to you. And again, I'm starting from the perspective of fitting everything into less than two years. I, I want to like go back and pinpoint the exact date and the exact really like impetus of like what I start, what really got me into it, but I'll figure that out. So we figured, you know, hey, 
let's talk about, you know, everyone's favorite, the attitude era. There's so much to dissect there, but like, what is it about? Cause I'm, I'm watching everything. I'm watching the attitude era. I'm watching ECW. I'm watching 2007 SmackDown edge Mardi Gras parade. I'm, you, you know, watching like ran, everything random and I am not watching as much contemporary stuff. And part of that is because I have still like, I'm not as deep into the universe as you are. I'm slowly getting there, but I think I have so many, like I'm part of the 90 day fiance universe. I have so many other things going on. That's the guy with the really like short, big ed. Yep. That, that is big ed. So I am not watching as much contemporary stuff. And then what I have been watching, I'm just not again. And maybe it's not because it's because I don't have that weekly connection as much with them, but like, I'm not, it's not doing it for me the same as uh, some of the stuff from the Attitude Era. So what we did is different product. you gave me some homework of your favorite promos and I watched them <laughs> or your favorite promos from the Attitude Era. <laughs> well, let me I say like the them. ones that stuck out. <laughs> I don't like promos. I, okay, yes. favorite, favorite, is is, favorite is a loaded term. And I want to clear moving forward at all, because when I say favorite, it's more like, you know, what resonated with you? Yeah. And it's not, you know, because sometimes our favorites are we know they're not good like objectively, or we know that they're cringy or bad is what we'll talk about, but it struck a chord with you. And that's what it made you feel something. So yeah. the first one you sent me, of course, was the the Chris J- Y2J Jericho's first. I mean, I wish we could, you know, if we were fancy, we would throw in like an uncopyrighted second of his ent- intro, but that was just I mean, break the walls down in my yeah, head. Break the, yeah. <laughs> And also, I don't. I like to sing, but I'm not gonna. We're gonna keep the impression. The The only one, maybe I'll again. Shawn Michaels is right now my quote unquote favorite intro, so maybe I'll break that out at some point. But I also just like to say I think I'm cute and I know I'm sexy, but it's if you don't know the context, kind of weird. You got the pod that drives the folks wild. Yeah, we go. We'll come. We're gonna. We're gonna come. Stay tuned for. Stay tuned for lots. Um. So you taught. You said. You like spe- you have a story specifically with this en- intro, right? Like what watching it in your real life, right? Yeah, or your, real, was, your real life, <laughs> my real life. Um, so I guess the scene was 1998. Um, I was four. I was what? <laughs> I was four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had dreadlocks at that point in my life, and I was traveling to go on study abroad to Thailand for the semester um, to work for GE Capital. <laughs> <laughs> Different, well, different point in your life these yes. days, but whatever. Um, and I was crushed because it was I was going to be flying from Chicago to Thailand when Jericho was scheduled to debut on Raw. And at that moment in time, he was the number one free agent, most talked about, most buzzed about, dirt sheets all over it. Shout out to the OG dirt sheet, RajaWWF.com. That's where I got all my information from. It is not at all what it is today, but Raja, (laughs) that that was the dirt sheet for me. Um, But I was crushed because Jericho was going to debut. We all knew it was going to debut, but we didn't really know it was him, but you know, we knew it was him. And I wasn't able to watch it. So I ended up finding out that my layover was going to be in (laughs) Vancouver. And so I, Got to the hotel, went down to the bar and asked, and it was on West Coast time, right? So I still got to see it. And I asked the bartender to put on wrestling for me. And like I do typically when I travel, like if I'm there on a Monday night or a Friday, I ask the bartender to put on wrestling for me. Terrible tips if you don't. Um, Much better tips if you do. (laughs) Um, But I I can just distinctly remember standing in the back of this bar with the TV by myself, watching the rock the rock was out there first right. and the rock is my number one like he is he is wrestling to me yeah, yeah. all hail the rock um 
and he was out there and I'm watching and I hear the <laughs> like the countdown from the Y2J. Right. Oh, wow. Like, I still Are you literally getting goosebumps? I still have chills. Oh, I love um, that. I love that. It like you knew it was a moment. And then the fact that I got to see it and I was also on this like journey to the rest of my life, whatever. And that you were was, in his home country, too. That's oh, I didn't even think about that. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. That it, it, so, it, yeah, it made me like you said something about these promos made me feel something. And that that's what MJF said in the last time we saw him on television. Um, <laughs> he makes you feel like that's what wrestling is about um, for me is like those moments where it's something and like, you know, it's something. And well, <laughs> I, I can so distinctly remember like the lighting in the bar and the color of the tables, because that moment of seeing this thing that had been talked about play out against my favorite of all time. And not only that, it was great. I, oh yeah. Like, that outfit is incredible. Like, but even on the promo side of it, like who would, who could possibly think that anybody could go toe to toe with the rock on the mic? Nobody. And yet Jericho came in and did it in that. That that arrogance. That's like, because he's different than someone. And we'll talk about like the Miz or it's like someone that you really just like is designed to love to hate because he has that. He's confusing. Like I, I like at first I liked him more as like a baby face. And then I was liking him more as a heel. And then I'm like, he just kind of straddles that line, but he also has that like Canadian sort of like boy next door vibe to him, even though he's air, like, even though he's arrogant, like, I don't know. He just, again, and I also kind of, you know, I look at them sometimes as sex symbols or I'm like, who's the hottest wrestler? I'm like, he was in his prime. He was hot. And now he has not aged the best. It's okay. Not everyone can. He has his cycles based on when he's touring with Fozzie, but (laughs) yeah, no, he's, I mean, he, he doesn't have the personal trainer that the rock has probably every, you know, waking up at like 4am. It's fine. Uh, No, but I think his energy, you're right. His energy, it's something about the energy because it's, again, it's that performance. It's playing off. Everything is playing off somebody else. We're a tag team right now. We're figuring out our rhythm. We're not going to be able to, you know, tag each other right away without fall. We're going to have some stumbles. We're going to have some falls, but he was like, Bam, like, and he was responding to the crowd really well, too, because that's another thing that you really can't. And that's what's, I mean, maybe it's the crowd has changed too, but I just feel like the crowd was so much more like raunchy because, because the attitude era was raunchy, that the crowd was raunchy. Now, the crowd, I mean, again, I don't watch as much contemporary, but it just kind of seems like we'll have to see with the shift too, because now that it's shifting from G or whatever PG to yeah. MA14, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, um, I know. Like, the, well, the crowd has absolutely changed. I think in how a crowd participates. Those humans have changed too. Like, we, we they didn't have phones back then too. Yeah, like, that's the biggest. Like, someone said, like, why aren't there that many signs anymore? It's because everyone's holding a phone and not holding a sign. But when there were no phones, like, that's the way you can. Or the idea of even like think about the last time, and we were just talking about this right before. Like, you printed. We we did some notes. We did some homework. <laughs> you printed it out. I was considering it because I do still have a printer, but I'm using my phone because I'm just kind of like it's easier. It's what I'm used to. I do some personal and create, you know, p- professional writing, and I used to write it all down, and I kind of do it on my phone. So the idea of someone like writing out a sign like i think about a 10 year old like do they you know write to your you know it's crazy so yeah this the crowd has really changed and i think the phones make a big play a big part in that for sure and just the engagement like the attention level too like the engage you know the engagement level of like watching what's actually in front of you versus like what's 
on your little Yeah, the, I mean, the product has evolved to meet that also, where it is more about the moment to capture. Like, right. the, we'll get into it later, I guess. But the Logan Paul match, like, the moment was jumping through the table in one of the most spectacular frogs. Oh, I mean, yeah, people, I didn't even know life wrestling were like posting like (laughs) rant, not random people, but like that was like part of the cultural lexicon in a way that more than just like, you know, oh, this was a good match with Mick Foley and The Rock. Like everyone's talking about it. Yeah. Talking about the moment and the match was really good. It was a really, really good match. I mean, like, I'm not even going to get into star ratings, but like, he told the story. (laughs) Like the video games, yes. (laughs) No, the Melcher star ratings. Or a different kind of star rating. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about Logan Paul on social media. And I think part of what's interesting, too, is like, I now follow the WWE on social media. And so I try not to like, read too much into it but since i'm not watching live sometimes i'll see like oh bianca belair won over charlotte flair and so i'm kind of like if then if i see that match live i'm like do i care as much but then the whole Mm. point would be i should because it doesn't matter who wins really it's about the story it's about the excitement like during the match like it's kind of like how do you balance that line of like giving people what they want on social media to follow the plot points but still wanting them to be engaged because again i i think it's fascinating as a business how they're able to maintain not only one weekly show but like multiple weekly shows every day of the year and have every day of the year no but practically every week of the year i mean craziness craziness it is um you know thinking one last point i want to make about jericho is what he what he came in he carried the confidence that he yes. absolutely deserved to be at that level. And I think that's where some of the difference in some of these promos we're going to talk about come from. Like there is a full 1000% commitment to what yeah, he's fake doing. Fake it till you make it. And some of these guys, some of these contemporary people are and the commitment to step up into it. Like he was yeah. pitched as the number one, number two guy coming in and he nailed it. Like that's yeah. a lot of confidence, um, but he, he carried and still does. Um, you know, whatever you think about Jericho these days, he was at one point in my top five, like in my top Rushmore, like right after the Kenny Omega match, I was like, wow, like maybe this guy's actually top five worthy. And, and then, then it kind of went downhill after now. he lost the title at a Longhorn Steakhouse. And, you know, like, oh, I didn't. That's oh, I love it. It's, my, it's one of my favorite. <laughs> AEW I mean, I, lo- I love that, time. but that's just kind of that's almost like. That's what I wish WWE was doing. That's kind of funny though. I, I that's sad because it's almost like it feels like AEW probably, and I haven't seen the match, but like they could have played so much into that. Like hell yeah, we're at Longhorn Steakhouse. This no, no, is- no. This is a real life thing. Like he won the title oh. on the pay-per-view, went out in a limo to celebrate, and then oh. literally lost this amazing, beautiful title. Oh my god! Like hours and hours, like a couple of days. It was brilliant. He like left <laughs> it. At, oh wow! Yeah, okay. Like, not even literally lost oh wow literally like at an actual longhorn steakhouse oh okay wow that (laughs) oh you know (laughs) careers of all this is like there's so much there's so much i don't even know and the fact that you know that i mean that is freaking hilarious what what an image i feel like you know you the way you talk about the attitude era has this reverence that i've also heard from younger wrestling fan younger than i am um it's okay i am <laughs> yeah. I Oregon got the birth certificate. Older. The birth certificate to prove it. Yep, <laughs> somewhere I don't know where it is, but um, it's in the lockbox. Um, yeah, my mom's got it somewhere. <laughs> I'm still young enough that my mom has my like most important document. Um, I mean, maybe because I digested it, and you know, oh, yeah, from a different like 
starting with a documentary, like for me, the Adage era was really highlighted with that um, Monday Night War documentary with the EC or the WCW versus WWE. And it got to the point where they were literally like showing the same clips over and over again, where I was like, all right, this is, this could have been this 10 hour documentary. It's like, we get it. Like Hulk Hogan went, <laughs> joined then. He's the third man. Like we, <laughs> like if I, it was getting to the point where I had tried to hear like certain lines one more time, but it really, because it dissected it in this very big, like, you know, they tried to make it philosophical and deep. And it was like, let's look at these two networks and how Vince McMahon absorbed everything. I think that's how I started it. And again, we'll talk, you haven't seen The Wrestler. That's a very like dark psychological perspective, very like, you know, there's a lot of blood. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) It was, it's an intentional choice that I haven't seen The Wrestler. Of course, I've had opportunities. Like you would think it'd be totally in my wheelhouse if I only consume wrestling as a media format. Like why wouldn't I go see this? No, but I understand why, because it's not, it's not, it's for a different, it's a different perspective. It's Darren Aronofsky. It's the guy who made Black Swan and Requiem for a Dream. So it has, and I haven't seen that. (laughs) I have not seen all of his films. So um, I I mean, yes, everything he makes is crazy. So, I mean, again, we'll do a whole episode. (laughs) This is also just like a teaser, you know, prom. This is a promo in itself. Everything that's to come. Smash that like and subscribe. (laughs) Yes. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. As always, you know, keep us posted with what you're loving about wrestling. We'll keep plugging that. Um, then the next promo, sticking right back into that. Uh, this is your life, Rock, The Rock and McFoley. Of course, you had to include it because what you said, it's like the number one most watched segment of all time. Did you yeah, watch it live? I did. And I didn't get it at the time I was watching it. And did you know culture- that those were not like his? Because obviously you knew it was like scripted and fake at that time. But did you know that that was like not his real coach and not his real high school teacher I, I think so like it was i was a sophomore in college like so i was Hopefully, aware yeah. of it um yeah as i got more preposterous also like oh okay this is definitely not his um, gym teacher oh the coach yeah i mean that that was yeah when while it was happening it felt like one of those um like entertainment segments that was just a time filler and uh-huh. people were hyped about it because it was the rock and mankind but looking back I don't know why that moment in time is the number one rated moment yeah. in wrestling history. Did you, cause you rewatched it recently or like the past few days? Yeah. I mean, like, it's interesting also is like, it's so hard to find the original full. Oh yeah. Play. I had to go. I watched the whole episode, which again, it took oh, a while yeah. to even yeah, find that. that. Cause um, there's such a cadence lost in just like putting the clips of. Yeah. 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 I tried. That's uh, what, again, a shout out yeah. to Jason, my boyfriend for being the impetus for our, all of this. Cause he does podcasting and he loves wrestling. So yeah, he was like, just watch the whole episode and that contextualized it better. But even so yeah. I was enjoying it, but I was also kind of like, this, this is the number one, you know, it was like, it was good and way better than the Alexa bliss Bailey one, which was just absolute freaking trash. Um, you know, yeah, so, you, so you not watching a lot of modern wrestling, um, how did you come into that one, especially having me set you up? Well, that the, was interesting too, because like, the commitment of the actors was different too. Like you could tell that the girl, I saw an interview that Alexa was doing again, because now all this stuff is showing up in my like recommended YouTube videos <laughs> of like the girl was just like, who is playing Bailey's friend and then hooking up with her old boyfriend. It's like, she was like not able to respond to the crowd and just sort of like panicking and freaking out. And you could tell that the, the people were not as on board with it. And I just think it's sort of the separation. Like she's great. Alexa bliss is fantastic. She responds to the crowd, but there's only so much you can do. And it's hard because you can't just like pull the cane out and pull them off. They're on live TV. They have this scripted segment and it's like, yeah. we, we got to finish it and complete it. We can't, we got to pull through. And it was just like, 
watching teeth being pulled. I'm almost like it, I wanted it to be worse than it just felt <laughs> sad. Like it was, it got to the point where I was like, this is, this is cringe and all like, it's not the sort of thing like Chris Jericho losing his belts at a Longhorn steakhouse is freaking hilarious. This was just kind of like sad. Cause I'm also like, uh, I know they wanted it to be funny. It didn't land, but it's not the kind of like shock master, like funny, not landing. Like it's just sad. Oh, he landed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Literally. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, it was hard to find any, like, again, I found some comedy in the moments with the, this is your life because I liked how they were just like, here's your, you know, it was kind of funny with these actors, the rock and the rock is so fucking good. Like, he especially right in that era his villain rock was like hey the rock no i'm not doing it but <laughs> I, had to stop close. I saw the eyebrow go no, up I lit- I, one of my it. eyebrows actually is just naturally a little bit higher than the nice. other so it. <laughs> no i'm not Dude, doing it destined but to be a wrestling fan i i guess yes uh no i think it was just the energy and the time what when was that was it like 2015 or something like mid yeah bailey was something. still a face at that point right which I like. I like, and I like Bailey as a face. I think that you don't, you didn't like her as a face. I hated her as a face, and she is one of my favorites as a heel. Like she has been crushing it, and I have been shocked. My daughter is shocked about how much I'm a Bailey fan. Like my ten year old does not want to hear how I like Bailey now because we really bonded about how we both hated Bailey and like now I she yeah. she was like five at that point. Like who's not gonna like the hugs and the things? That's and what the, I'm saying da, da, da. is I kind of like that gimmick, even though I personally am like okay, I don't love it, whatever. But I do think it's a successful gimmick. And it's the kind of thing that you love to hate because you don't, it wasn't really something I will say it was original, you know, yeah, it's not people really didn't hate it. Like even, even wrestling smarks. Okay. Still so that's annoying. They and just that's like, why I was like <laughs> okay, no, cause it's the sort of thing that you should love to hate where it's so sort of like, Oh, cute. Like you're like Alexa bliss. You're like, okay, so cute. No, but I'm like, I want, you should lean more into it. And I think that they just, they didn't like, it's funny, like been- I, I never looked at Alexa bliss as like on the, cute like cutesy style like i always saw her as a badass because of how she was booked when she first got the belt like she uh, there was some controversy where like sasha was supposed to be the first dual women's champ or the first raw champion i think becky was the first smackdown champion but it was supposed to be sasha in that spot and you can you can picture sasha being booked through that spot but it turned out to be alexa and alexa killed it and she was vicious like she was vicious in that run. And so I don't really, I don't really get the doll and the wherever she is now, but um, I, I was shocked by how great of a heel, heel wrestler Alexa Bliss was. Like she was to her, um, that even the intro, like in the first five seconds, I can't remember it now, but it like always popped me when, when she came out, cause you knew this woman was going to come out and kick ass. And I, you know, I think I'm deep diving on Bailey now, but no, like, no, no, it's fine. I, she definitely, I, I, it's there's not that kick assness to her prior. I mean, that's what it is too. It's sort of like a cutesy all thing, but it wasn't like, damn, here's Bailey. Like, I get what you mean. But I, I think the failure, the outright failure of this promo and their match, because their match was. <sighs> I didn't even watch the match, but it, it I just kind of didn't even watch. It was a cane. Oh, like actually, no, I think I did. Ball. It and was really quick, right? Bailey didn't have the strength to use a kendo stick. Yeah, so yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's ass. right. It was part of the promo because that's how quick. But, it, I, but that was an inflection moment for me because I think something clicked for Bailey as a professional wrestler because mm. she'd done her thing for so long. But to finally see something on such a grand scale work so poorly, she is such a great professional wrestler because mm. from that moment on, she started to get better and. 
like it was a nadir low moment and she got out of it um so i like and that, i think that's why i have a lot of respect for her too because like i hated her legitimately as a wrestler <laughs> as a wrestler so much that like she earned my respect by having failed and still gotten to be a better wrestler from that and that's right, because you got to be able to come back. That's what a good wrestler is, because the one-dimensional people are boring. We know that. And it doesn't matter yeah. if you continue. You can still be a heel. You can still be a face or whatever, but you can just... Well. You what? Sorry, Sorry. I'm, I'm, I, I've thrown all these digs to AEW. Oh, no, 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 please, please do. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, it's interesting, too, because I kind of started watching AEW around when I started watching WWE, just because they were both on at the same time, and it was the, you know, the new thing. And at first, I was, like, interested. It was cool. Like, you know, I was like, oh, Darby Allen, he's kind of cool, and, like, he doesn't fit the typical, like, wrestling. And then, but then it just kind of continued, and I'm like, they're coolest guys, like, Orange Cassidy? Like, really? Like, what? Oh, you like Orange Cassidy? I shouldn't. For everything I like about wrestling, I shouldn't like Orange Cassidy. And yet, my favorite AEW wrestler and it appalls me that the company has not thrown the entire machine by him and they treat him as just like an afterthought when he is he feels yeah. like most over person in the whole AEW universe he's cool he seems cool I'm like I want to know more that's what I'm saying is like he is like all right he's like whatever and I'm like I want to know more about him but I'm almost like at the point where I'm like I'm forgetting it. I'm like he yeah. they shouldn't make him forgettable because they place so much emphasis on like now what they have Christian there now like if Cesaro and like whatever. Yeah, like, they're you know doing WWE's playbook from a few years ago, but good for them. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's so interesting though about Bailey because it's you know wrestling is all like I said, it's all about like how you take what was there and you were not only responding to the crowd, but just like how can I move on from this? And it's not just like okay, one and done. Where it's like the you know you gotta have that continuing storyline, and also you gotta keep your job too because these people are employed by a contract, and if the audience doesn't like you know if you're if you don't want to be if you're already a mid card, high card. You know, thinking about the demotions and like following. We'll, we'll get into some more like deep dives and following the careers of people, but it's not the sort of thing where you're guaranteed a job every year. You know, you really have to keep working for it, which is just terrifying to think about. Yeah, like, yeah, the career <laughs> like uncertainty is yeah. not something. The career I've, had, I've worked for the same organization for nearly two decades, so like career uncertainty is apparently not my thing. <laughs> Especially and too, like the fact that you know you're never really home. You like you're touring too. It's not just you're going into the same studio every week to shoot a show in Los Angeles. Yeah. You're literally, I mean, crazy. Um, all right. Well, the last Attitude Era promo that I want to talk about is uh, the one that I sent you that I just found uh, the Godfather and Stephen Regal, uh, who is known as William Regal. Are you a fan of William Regal? We haven't discussed. Of course. I, 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 love, think, yeah, like, well, I love William Regal. If you like professional wrestling, you have to appreciate William Regal. The Even like the wiping his shoes before he gets in a ring. Oh, my God. His persona. Yes. So good. I love it. Love yeah. Regal. Good. Okay, good. We're on the same page. Um, so he <laughs> he uses a slur. Or the Godfather uses a slur. We won't say it because we don't want to offend anybody, and it's not a good word that we should use. But at the time, it was sort of just as synonymous as like bitch almost, which is maybe a little more polarizing, but it was the sort of thing that you could say on live TV and it was fine. And so I freaking loved it honestly the godfather is very controversial i know it's again that's sort of like i felt something because it was controversial because it wasn't just saying hey you're a little pansy ass bitch it was you know it was literally like how can i be as ridiculous as possible the godfather is already a ridiculous character he's a pimp you know whatever he's bringing these women on stage and i think 
understanding that the women, you know, it's one could argue, oh, they're objectifying the women and blah, blah, blah. Like understanding that these women are being used as props, that they are, they know what they're going in for. They're, they're, they know what they signed up for. They're not like being surprised to be objectified. Excuse me. (laughs) I'm just getting choked up. Hydrate or dehydrate. Right. I mean, I think for me, basically what it was, it was just so crazy. And it was just sort of the thing that now you wouldn't expect. And maybe it made people feel uncomfortable. Maybe it made them feel weird, but it also just, it kind of just feel, felt fun. It felt like the sort of thing that you would see on like, you know, ECW or a little more raunchy and they just rolled with it. Uh, for those of you that can't see my face, I've just been staring at Rachel and abject. yeah, you're like, what are you? You're like, you're, you're crazy. You're like, you're crazy. As I'm like choking on. I my have water. so many questions, and <laughs> yes, you're younger than I am, as you pointed out, and I'm older than you are, as I have pointed out. But like, it it's mind blowing to me that you would watch that and not be horrifically offended, and like put off on so many levels of how. Because it's part of the product, though, because I it's the godfather. It's the performer, the godfather. And uh, forgive me, I don't remember. What is his real name? I don't know. Uh, and Charles something. It's okay. Oh, stumped. I love when I stump you. <laughs> take, a, <laughs> nice. take a shot every time. Rachel. The Bone Street crew with The Undertaker. I got that at least. <laughs> I know. I think, again, for me, because it's like it's a performance. And so I understand that it's not like they just grab some women on the street and we're like, Hey mama, you sexy. It's like, we're going to hire you for this bit that is scripted and we are planning this and whether or not he feels that that word is appropriate to use on a personal level, it's something that he's being paid and scripted to say, just like a movie. Like if you're watching a movie about a serial killer and it's fictional, like, do you, I don't think that actor is a serial killer. They're just acting and they're doing what they're told. But the most convincing performance is when it's kind of hard to tell. It's like, do you have this little bit of serial killer instinct to you? Cause you're doing a really yeah. good job performing it. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just looking at it as the performance product. And because I, you know, I love horror, you know, I love the abject, the gross, the, the things that make you feel. And I just don't feel yeah. when I, when I hear Bobby Lashley talking <laughs> Yeah, Bobby needs promo work. Bobby has always needed promo work. Yeah. Um, I like how Roman called him Bob in their feud. That was like, <laughs> just that really worked for me. Yeah, like I, I know that about you. And like, even, even when you were like graduating and like promoting a lot of like your horror film or something, I like, I couldn't even bring myself to engage in that content, even though I supported you and the things that like make yeah. you happy in life. Because like, I, yeah, yeah. I, I want to go back to a point though. Yes. You, you said like it was okay to be on like those kind of words and like the attitude era was okay. And I, th- I think that's from a result of you not having lived through it and looking back on it because I was, was very okay aware. Okay. I was very aware while that was happening that none of this was okay or should be being said on television. Like I hated DX because they were so raunchy. Like, well, I, and that's where it's the question of sort of like, okay, you have a performance you have so you know that everything is like scripted but with that this the difference with like the godfather using that word is it just felt like a natural quote-unquote exchange where it almost was sort of like oh shit like did this guy really just say that whereas with dx it's like okay they're bringing it like that felt almost believable and again it's that straddling of the line where what's real what's not with the understanding that it's fake but the sort of like that's why i love nathan fielder and everything that he does because oh my god i watch episode three or something i'm we'll talk about that once we stop recording fine. okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm like I, I could, I could podcast on that 
Yeah, literally. But th- there's a lot in common, I think, with a lot of the the new comedy that we consume. I mean, uh, Tim and Eric, like that whole thing, too, of like, what is comedy? And like, they changed a lot of the landscape of it's not just like a guy falling down. Now it's like, okay, it's a guy falling down, but it's like the guy behind him. <laughs> looking well, at I'm him like picturing and, a guy slipping on a banana peel. I'm like, <laughs> that's really funny, Rachel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that stuff's funny, of course. Yeah. But it's like, for me, it's funnier because it's wild hearing. It's still okay. Let me take that back. It's still wild hearing that. And I think it's wild hearing that knowing that today that would not be allowed at all like if that happened on tv today i would be like yeah what that's where i see i think more of like it's the culture that allowed it then that i still found preposterous at that point and even when i was watching the attitude era i was seeing kids in the audience i'm like Kids well, that's what's crazy too. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like I was exposed to a lot of things as a young child, but I think it was not necessary. Like, my parents didn't really know what I was reading or watching, but if they had control of it, they'd probably they were at some point. I was listening to like a Jaw Rule song at like seven, and they were like, "Ah, uh, like what are you? What are you listening to?" Um, so like if if they mm. caught it, they did, but it was a little like if you're bringing if you're actively bringing your child to it, like no ten year old is showing up there on their own. They're being brought there by an yeah. adult. So that's what's interesting too is, and even if they found it on TV, like an adult has consented to bringing them there. So that's that's a whole other thing too. The parenting of of those children, <laughs> <laughs> Gen Gen X. The <laughs> well, they all turned out terrible. I'm sure. Oh yeah, they are. Every I mean, everyone sucks. Like that's what it's. People are like, oh, Zoomers suck. Gen X sucks. Gen Y. So I'm like, everyone sucks, and everyone like whatever. It is kind of funny as like I get older and generationally older. Like how every it's the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally. Yeah, it's literally. It's I would. This- I would never. I would never bring my kid this day and age to like even an AEW like Blood and Guts show. Like that's just not the kind of um fake entertain. <laughs> that's real scripted entertainment, sports entertainment that. I'm into so much. I get why people are, but right. I don't sit down and casually watch a death match. Like I've never seen the Mick Foley ear match because like, it's like too much. Like, I, love I mean, yeah, that's also that's the like, casual watching of wrestling too, is it's like something that kind of feels wrong to be like watching it. Like, Oh, okay. It's, you know, 12 PM. I'm going to throw on something. It's definitely a sort of like after hours darkness. Like I'll watch 90 day fiance. If I have an hour in between, meetings or whatever or pretty mm-hmm. much anything even if it's like a but the same thing with horror movies and same thing with darker things too is it's like wrestling kind of falls into that category too even if it's not bloody or death match it's like the crazy spectacle of it is a like a nighttime which probably harkens back to it's like carny roots and this yeah. sort of like nighttime entertainment vibe like it almost feels sad if you're like it's like a, a daytime it feels too much like a daytime soap opera if you're watching it during the day in a way mm. Not or it doesn't feel like that, but it, it does change the context if you're watching it at like twelve in the afternoon when it's bright out and you're doing other oh, things. Oh, for sure. Like I, I watch most of my wrestling between six and eight a.m. Like as I'm hanging Wait, out. Wait, really? My... That's crazy. Yeah, like I, I wake up with my baby. <laughs> we go downstairs. I throw on something to either catch up on Raw or SmackDown in the background while I'm like doing all the other stuff, and I ambiently pick up the wrestling. Right. Yeah, the... you don't have to fully be like, ooh, I'm right. Know. But but what? But for. I'll I'll be correct. Premium live events. Um, <laughs> that's like I clear the schedule. I want to be fully immersed for those two, three hours. I want to watch the match from start to finish. I don't want to have to get up like that's like. That's sacred wrestling time, whereas mm-hmm. everything else, it's like the wrestling is around and I'm just like aware of what's happening. Mm, OK, yeah, I mean, I think. It's it's interesting because there's certain things right where I'll like sit there and fully be like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and watch this also, especially now that I'm thinking about it from an even more analytical perspective. Cause now that I fully we fully have our podcast as a go, I'm like thinking about everything 
in the back of my head. Um, but it's Unless not anyone that can sit down for a three hour raw. That's break. what I'm saying. Is like I can't just sit like we t- we take breaks and like there's so much to watch too. And it's like especially looking through the whole catalog, it's like do we started out watching Countdown that got quickly boring after a while. We started out watching 2007 SmackDown, but after like the same matches like five weeks in a row, but like watching them all a day, you know, days. Oh yeah, like, right. It just, you know, at least you do have a week to separate it with Raw and SmackDown or whatever, but it's... Sorry, I'm, I'm flashing back to my dorm room as a freshman um, and watching the debut episode of SmackDown and like oh the, God. that reveal and the rock this is and so good. number iconic. <laughs> so good. I mean, yeah, people always say that Raw, was it like Raw's like the quote unquote premiere one or like better, but like, I don't know, I don't know that. I don't know. It's it's interesting. And you also think about too, I guess, like Friday was always booked as sort of like the lower, like not enough people are watching TV. But I think now no. just as many people are watching TV on Fridays as they are on like, like people are well, watching TV really all watching the time. Like, right, so I, people are watching all the time. It doesn't I'll matter. get on Twitter if I don't really care about things being spoiled, <laughs> but I will absolutely not get on social media with the intent of being allowing myself experience right. that full cape fade moment. Yes, totally. Because otherwise, it just that's that's my problem with like I follow them on social media, and sometimes I'll just be like, oh, like I kind of knew, I knew, like I think I saw that theory one money in the bank before I actually like I know, watched I like, it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, but it's still kind of cool to see, like you know, oh, okay, he's, wow, it fits his, yeah. you know, how and it fits his personality, and he did a good job of like those matches are always so funny when it's just like. It's like a claw machine. It's like it's so it's so close. It. It's so close. Um, so we'll talk about some we we brief, you know, we already started diving into the contemporary promos, but you sent me we some that also, you know, the Alexa Bliss and Bailey, this is your life. There was also the uh Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm like, is this considered shame? I'm like, if we're I know that they were like, how can we be, how can we play with the racial element? And it's okay because it's two non-white guys and we'll make it a little edgy, but we're just going to have some guys roll around on the floor. Like what? I was like, what am I watching? And at first I wasn't sure if you had sent it to me as something you really liked or you didn't like. So I went into it. I wasn't sure. I went into it not knowing what to expect. And then I was like, oh, okay. He, he did not. I hope he didn't like this. No. One. <laughs> and and I, sent, I sent that one to you because that was the most attitude era of the modern promos because it was so raunchy and racist and gross and just made me feel gross watching it and that was in the middle of a peak gender run for me like my my entire household is huge gender mahal fans <laughs> i've got a gender shirt we had his meal plan like we, we love team, gen- yeah, team gender yeah, team gender um and i love shinsuke too like he still hadn't become who he is he was still kind of writing that Sami Zayn match into the Rumble into like being seen as a. Do you like Sami Zayn? Yeah, I don't love Sami. I don't like Sami. You were so disgusted when you asked if I liked him. (laughs) I know. Sometimes you can tell I'm like biasing. Uh, He does not work for me. He, I don't like him. I just he doesn't do it for me. Fantastic. He's great. He's an honorary USO. You got to respect him. (laughs) I, I, uh, <laughs> it's like sheer revulsion I, yeah he just like doesn't i and it's not the sort of like i don't even love to hate him like he just really i'm like, oh, I don't that, like that's that's a funny line in wrestling and it was like when you actually hate someone and not and and it's not because you want to give them credit for them being an excellent heel but like there's something like below the surface of i i hate them more than just as a heel like yeah. everything about them repels me as a human being which i guess is like triple h is successful at, 
at that. If I don't think that's his goal for most people. I think he's trying to be a good guy, but like literally everything about him, I'm like, Paul Sauce H. Levesque. <laughs> I know you don't like Shawn Michaels either, but I definitely am much more Shawn Michaels fan than uh, No, it, it was the same DX raunch, like, which is... Yeah. I'm, th- I'm much more HBK, like, Shawn Michaels as HBK, not DX Shawn Michaels, but like, his, I, I know I said, it's like, you know, he's got straight male theater kid energy where it's like, he's he's cute and sexy and he's a good wrestler, but he's androgynous and he's very like, he's got the looks that drive the girls wild. I'm just speaking it so it doesn't count. Yeah, I know. So it resonates. I get it. I'm a little flushed. Um, and I'm like, and that's it's just I, so I wasn't watching yeah. during that era. Like, so I missed when he was a thing. I missed when Cactus Jack was, no, um, when Mankind was, you know, whatever. Like, when I Mick Foley was doing his other giveaway. Yeah. Exactly. His other um, stuff. So, and like, I watched, I was at Macho and Hogan, then dipped out and then came back in for Austin Rock and then dipped out. And so I missed that HBK Diesel like era of wrestling. I mean, Diesel is whatever. <laughs> Almost. Like, I like Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash is fine. And I know you don't really like the NWO, right? You're not a fan. Well, they screwed over Goldberg and like as a proud yeah. Jew, like that was really heartbreaking for me. And I don't know if I'll that's, ever. That's interesting that, that we can get into a whole like faction thing. Cause I do, I mean, I like how the oh, NWO yeah. started, but like they just, they just watered the shit out of that. They took a good thing and they just quick, you know, Holy they thick intro. I mean, the Jimi Hendrix and the ding, 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 and like, it, like it really cemented right. Bischoff too is like that. It helped him formulate his whole like bad guy, but like, I'm in with cool guys things. So, I mean, I think NWO helped Bischoff more than anything, but I mean, it's, we know that I, it's interesting. I, I love Razor Ramon too. And then Scott Hall in NWO, it's like, yeah, he's fine. That's confidence is showing up for your debut in a Canadian tuxedo from head to toe. Like that. I mean, he just did not give a fuck. Like he, he's, he's a cool guy. He's a bad, I mean, he had some some demons, of course. The the best bad guys do too. Yep. Um, okay, so we also had uh, the Titus O'Neil Brooklyn one where I was like, oh, man, it just that's another one. You just feel like sad where you're like, this is just yeah. like somebody please take the microphone. Like it feels like sometimes, you know, and that's what I feel like about the and again, I'm just coming off of my very limited of what I've seen now. But it sometimes feels like some of the guys are not ready for prime time. Like you are on fucking raw. You're on fucking Smackdown. Like these are huge shows. and. I'm sorry, but like Dominic Mysterio, you are not ready for the prime time, honey. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he is literally. I was like, what we were watching like the July Fourth Raw, or I think it was Raw, and I was just like, oh, I mean, it's fine for your gimmick to be like you're this prodigal son or whatever, but there's not. It's Hot take: that, Angie Mysterio is a better wrestler than Dominic. Is Mysterio. that his? Is that his daughter? I'm sure. It's one, Yeah, I think it's um, one of the Mysterios that showed up. I, with I'm him. sure anybody's better than Dominic. I'm like, oh, I mean, and he seems like you know. Then Jason had a point where it was like, okay, well, when John Cena started out, he was lame and nobody liked him, and yeah, I'm he like, really sucked. He sucked. Really so sucked he, you know, who am I? I could be quick to judge. However, it's like number one. That's, that's, have, what, the inter- that's what internet wrestling community is all about. Right. Who am judgment. I to judge? I am judging. And also, I just am like, there's got to be so many other people out there who are more dessert, like just because you're Ray Mysterio's son. And then it's like, is that to help Ray back into the spotlight more than Dominic? I'm like, but just, bleh. and because I, I like Ray Mysterio, he's, he's a fantastic wrestler. It's hard not to like him, but he's, I don't think, I mean, the Dominic he's thing. Vacuum. It's just not. 
Z- D- yeah, D- I'm just it's he's fine. And then Dominic is like, Arr. it just was like painful, painful to watch almost because it's Ray Mysterio's son. And it's like, if anything, you should be better. But maybe I just think he's he's, you know, maybe he's NXT material. And I don't really watch NXT. I, I think either. the issue is that he's not actually Ray's son and he legally belongs to Eddie Guerrero. And that's the whole mix up in the family. Situation. You, is that like a known scandal? That's canon for me. Um Oh, maybe you don't know about this. No, I mean, I know it. I obviously know Eddie Guerrero and I know. No, but I mean, um, Eddie feuded with Ray for a custody of Dominic match where it was a ladder match. Oh, so it wasn't like I Dominic did. hanging from the ring. That would be fucking hilarious. For custody of Dominic and Eddie won. So as far as I'm concerned, Dominic is not <laughs> even related to Ray Mysterio. I mean, that is how does <laughs> Ray Mysterio is what, like five, seven and Dominic's like six feet? It doesn't yeah, make no, sense. No, you saw him dick come out. I'm like, that is. That's it doesn't make sense. Well, good. then again, Rey Mysterio's wife, I'm pretty I just then I had to look it up because I was like, there's no, but she is like a little bit taller and I guess <laughs> kind of looks like Dominic, so fine. But I want to see the paternity test. I need to see that. <laughs> Eddie, what do you do you like Vicky oh. Guerrero? Speaking of promos, I think that she oh, she is fantastic. Talk, yeah, talk about like that's Titus t- bad mic skills. So it's like she is amazing. She's not good on the mic, but she she owns that, and she's like um uh, you know, but she's fantastic because of that, yep. that whole Karen vibe that she has. And then someone like Titus O'Neil, where it's just kind of like you're coming out trying to be this. It'd be funny if he had if his character and from I don't know very much about him, but if his character was sort of like this whole like I'm this big strong guy, but I'm actually a loser. But it doesn't seem like that's his character. It seems like he's supposed to be a cool strong guy, and he's not. <laughs> no, his tag team was the primetime players. So the fact that you said he's not ready for primetime, like whether or not you knew that was his tag team name, is like uh... <laughs> that, that was the feud. Was he had in that he had broken up with his tag team partner Darren Young inexplicably Bob Backlund came back to make Darren Young. Yeah, that's what he would kept talking about. <laughs> was uh, let me put that aside for a minute. I, and I wasn't even going to make this point about Titus O'Neill, but it's interesting to me how he bombed that promo entirely. And now he is the global ambassador for WWE. Like he is the one that <laughs> WWE sends around to speak on behalf and do oh the community things. And just before Vince resigned, Titus came out to open Raw recently and gave this whole speech about how WWE is a place where we all come together and we be entertained. And it was so light. And like I could see Vince scripting this for him and having him be the straw man for Vince's voice mm-hmm. in this. But the <laughs> he is the global ambassador for WWE, one of the worst people on a live mic. Is That's wild. Turned his career around somehow after that failure to now be seen as somebody that the company believes in to go carry the brand around the world. Yeah. I find that fascinating. I don't I know how or why, but it it is. No, that yeah, because it's like, is that supposed to be part of a gimmick? Like, is that because you know the people who are on the external team are usually more like excuse me, you know, Michael Cole, like professional facing. Yeah. They're not, you know, they're good speakers. They're not just that is. We could, wow, Titus, that's Titus is just like a genuinely good soul. Like he's a family man and like belief. I, I don't know his personal life, but like that's been his gimmick, I guess, is like I'm a. Okay, I'm but a you can still speak well on, you know, it's like, yeah, microphone skills are such an integral part of the promos that it's like, yes, they're athletes first, I suppose, but they're entertainers as well. No, it's just, not. You know. They're not athletes first in wrestling. It, the best professional wrestlers have everything. Mike skills, ring work, attention to detail, spot on everything. 
And when one wrestler doesn't have one of those elements, it stands out so much that it breaks the kayfabe universe that you're in. And that's why like people at the top of their game are so good and also older in their career because they understand that it's not just about the flips. It's not just about the promos. You have to have the entire package. And that's really- why Logan Paul is such a good move because he's pretty, I, I mean, he's pretty young too. Why does this guy liter- have a total package? He, I don't know. Literally like four or five years ago, he was filming in the Japanese suicide forest and being canceled. Oh, that was him? That was that, that was Logan or was that Jake? I think that was Logan Paul. I trust I your knowledge of the Paul universe yeah. more than I I mean, I, it was, it was Logan. Like. Yeah, it was Logan. Oh, so then he, had, yeah. So there's a woman or a woman. Tana Moju is another yeah, famous no influencer. Idea this is. Like, so he, they did this whole wedding. They were dating, but they're very both like, you know, wild and crazy. And so people were like, are they really dating? Like it felt very like staged. Katie like she was a YouTuber also. She, yeah, she's just an Insta, not even YouTuber. She's just like an Instagram personality, you know, like. she she looks exactly like how you'd picture like an Instagram personality, but she knows that. And I think she plays into that character a little bit, a a lot. So they literally like got married after like a couple months of dating. And it was like this whole thing that they like live streamed in Las Vegas. And it was a whole wild event. And then it's like, people were just so confused because I think the kayfabe in the YouTube world is still a little bit confusing too. When it's like, how much of your personal life do you share online and how much of it is for content? And it was like one of the most street, like broke the internet basically. And it wasn't a real marriage. It was like, I think they either annulled it or they, I should Didn't they charge people like 50 bucks to live stream. That's also? what I'm saying is it was like, it was literally it was a, pay a pay-per-view. Per view. Yeah. And that's brilliant. It's fucking. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I, maybe they saw that because I mean, yeah, it was literally, I don't think it. Yeah. They, it was a fake wedding. They didn't even really get legally married. <laughs> it's amazing. That's the most professional wrestling thing is fake. So weddings. how, I mean, I, they must've seen that kind of stuff because there's a lot of great YouTubers, but I don't think a lot of YouTubers can do it. I mean, then they, he was doing MMA or UFC or something right first. And so something I like, really can't, I don't know the difference between the Paul brothers other than one boxes more than the other I think, one. So Jake Paul, I believe is the other one who um, Jake was first. Um, yeah, like, and then okay, yeah, because okay, so he they both started on Vine, interesting, which is like RIP. Never really got into that one. I love Vine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's he, why I've oh kind of God. like embraced TikTok more. Is like it is a, very Vine. Oh my God, he's a year younger than I am. That's crazy. He was born in 1995. Okay, so he started boxing in um to Oh, okay. He was the one who boxed against Floyd Mayweather Jr. Logan was? And yes, Logan was. Sure people was, listening to this are like, I know everything about no, Logan. No, it's fine. Paul. They I I don't I didn't even really know. But so yeah, like he was so it's yeah, it's Logan Paul. And then on according to Wikipedia, on the April 2nd, 2021 episode of WWE SmackDown, he was a guest of Sami Zayn. And then <laughs> He was part of like the KO Happy Corbin line, and then he partnered with. Okay, yep. And then this year, the, when he partnered with the Miz against Ray and Dominic Mysterio, and then he got signed recently. Yeah. So quick shout I, out to Happy Corbin. I love Happy Corbin. <laughs> I can tell he, you don't. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. I don't, he doesn't bother me as much as Sami Zayn. He's just again one of those like mid card guys. Kind of probably how you feel about Matt Hardy because I kind of like Matt Hardy. After you said you didn't really like him, he's not a good wrestler, right? But have you seen the broken Matt Hardy like YouTube stuff that he's done? Yeah. 
Yeah, like that's it. kind of funny. Like brother Nero. Oh shit, I'm doing it. Here. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> like that kind of stuff is. I found that funny. Yes, yeah, like that's. I don't know, and that's stupid, but it's funny. It just kind. Of, I don't know. Well, and yeah, it, like I, I really like the dilapidated boat and like the broken universe. And when they tried to redo it in WWE, it really it was bad. Yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. there. <laughs> no, he's not great. Of course, he's not great on the mic. He's a okay wrestler, but Happy Baron King, whatever he is, he's cute. I'll give him that. Really? But, <laughs> I would not. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's that's sometimes there's ones that I find attractive that I'm like, oh, like Randy Orton obviously is a cutie pie. Absolutely. He, you know, baby Randy Orton, especially. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Lo- Logan Paul and the the partnership with the Miz too, I think is fucking fantastic because the Miz is one of those guys, of course, talking about love to hate, like the perfect, yep. the A-list, like he plays his part so well. Like he you could ease it could have easily gone badly, I think. He could have easily just been the guy that's like annoying and you want to turn off your tv but he's annoying but you're still like i don't like maurice really she's she's a throwaway she's just kind of like a whatever but i like the biz i i like that they're a, a couple and like duos yeah, and she, only, she only works as a, she extends like, as like a function work. of him that's shit i don't really care for her individually yeah i didn't follow her i wasn't watching when she was a wrestler and she was she just did some really like she you know she was basically like their sex symbol sort of like i'm maurice and you're watching wwe yeah, okay. was, was, it was like really like not nah, and i don't think she's that attractive whatever uh <laughs> yeah lo, i mean i'm almost the logan paul thing i think is going to be really interesting because obviously they've incorporated you know they've had bad bunny they've had johnny knoxville they've all you know mr t they've had yeah. everybody they've had everybody but i think this one really like bringing in that youtube audience and recognizing the the parallels with the world of like creating this online persona oh. that's fueled by social media i think could be really you know and he's a really talented athlete like that's what it is too it's like yeah. they just got really lucky because you know i think all the other celebrities who have come in are not even if they're talented athletes they weren't great wrestlers necessarily they're in, like from what i've seen from his in-ring skills like top notch the last two celebrity three you you nailed it like the johnny knoxville didn't need to be a great wrestler but he he was a great everything else that makes a great wrestler a great wrestler total commitment to kayfabe i mean that's what he does in his that's what bringing in the celebrities it makes sense that's what he does in his professional life and bad bunny was amazing even ronda rousey like i could call her a celebrity wrestler that first match with triple h and kurt angle and stephanie was brilliant that was like the best ronda match still to this day um but celebrities have taken it more, maybe not all of them, um, but I feel like we've gotten we've gotten more as fans when celebrities take it really seriously. Right. Not just like something to pop a rating for their movie or their t- TV show, but like respecting the performers and the craft of professional wrestling and recognizing that it's an art form and a performance and a production. Yes. And they approach it with that same level of dedication and commitment. And I'm... I cannot believe how much of a Logan Paul mark I am. Like, I right, it's like I he just annoyed a me a while. You'd be like, "Ugh, it's not annoying." No, it was either him or his brother too that were doing those stupid like "Is the Earth flat?" videos or something. I don't know. It's I have the YouTube. Isn't that wild? How like they can start off in these like ridiculous, like outlandish things as a career and like doing real things, but then still have a career also in 2022. Like wild, just yeah. What it? What is a job anymore? I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I meant more like that they haven't been canceled or something. Oh, like well, that I mean, all these outlandish things and well, still we live in a what is cancel culture, too? And like what, you know, we don't even need to get into it right now. But the whole Vince McMahon cancellation too, like uh, that's and how that's going to play out. We don't even 
I know we also said we were going to try to keep our episodes 40 minutes and we've been talking like almost an hour. So I want oh, nice. to be conscientious <laughs> people because again, we we could talk about this for, forever. Really um, basically, you know, we talked about promos. We said, hey, Attitude Era, we miss it today. I know there's been yeah. some good ones, but it's we're it's more like I'm ex- I don't I think they have a hope, hopeful future, but I don't I don't think what is happening right now is the caliber of what I would be wanting making mm making me tune in every week um so before we go we want to talk about our weekly wrestling wow this is going to be a recurring segment where anything that matt or i have consumed in our wrestling lives whether that's a documentary we watched or a tweet we saw or a moment on raw or smackdown so matt what is your weekly wrestling wow i might come off like a wwe market exclusively especially with my aw jibes here and there but i love njpw new japan professional wrestling and summer is the g1 tournament and it's basically pay-per-view a pay-per-view quality set of matches every two or three days from mid-july to mid-august and i i watch it all in japanese because it's like an immersive thing for Mm -hmm. me when I listen to it in English, it oh, takes like a me dubbed version. Kayfabe. Yeah, yeah. No, it, like they have a live English commentary over oh, okay. it. It takes me out of the kayfabe of the experience because mm-hmm. Japanese wrestling is so brilliant in ring that I don't. Necess- I need to know how the announcers are responding. Right. But I don't. I don't need to know the details. You can get enough from what's in the ring, and I just, like I said, I watch most of my wrestling in the mornings. I love waking up in the morning and just having fresh, high quality hard-hitting wrestling. <laughs> I love how that's how you start your day. It. That is so yeah. funny. <laughs> and sometimes what, what you see, you wake up at like six, sorry, wait, you wake up at 6 a.m. So sometimes I'm awake. Oh, like at, five something. Like, yeah, I was going to say, since I'm on the West Coast weekends, I'm guilty of staying awake till two or 3 a.m. So there's probably some nights where we've like overlapped or I'm literally like going to bed <laughs> watching wrestling and you're waking up. Well, that's pretty crazy um, for me. So like I said, I did revisit some of the more contemporary weekly programming to keep up with you and keep up with the podcast. I watched the 4th of July raw from this year and the barbecue behind like I want more of that. So it, not only was it an ongoing promo, which was wonderful, the bringing together of the the multiple talents and the multiple universe and the sort of like yeah, the, the blending, quote unquote, of kayfabe. You know, we have Otis eating the hot dog, but then we also have the real hot dog eating contest guy there, and that was like a cute little throwaway. <laughs> and it, like, I just, it's it was silly and it was fun, but it still felt like it had forethought to it, which I think is mm. what's missing. Is it can be silly and fun, but like I said, that's why I like that Godfather promo is because I knew that it was written with a specific feeling in mind. It wasn't just like he felt like saying the f word, and that's what it is too. It's like I think too, it's like it's not that he is you know if someone's performing as a serial killer i don't think they're a murderer i think they're they're performing the lines written for them and the more convincing they are the better i like it so i'll leave you with that thought i i will i feel like unfortunately i need to go back and watch that promo now (laughs) and i mean that's that's maybe just that promo but yeah a perspective that i didn't have before and now i'm like oh that's a cool lens to look at the horrible attitude arrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I love it. Well, as we mentioned, um, we will link our Twitter and our Instagram below. Follow us there. We um, want to say them now too. Yeah, it's ILW. Yes, ILW pod for Twitter because the name was too long. And I like wrestling pod on Instagram. Follow us. 
let us know what you're watching. Let us know your favorite thing about wrestling. Let us know your favorite and your least favorite promos. We want to, oh, and we're also going to link Matt's, Matt is big on TikTok. And if you want to follow his series of a hundred reasons why WWE is better than AEW, follow him below. <laughs> and we don't know what we're talking about officially next time. Maybe Benoit, but that's, that's a heavy one. So we might save it for a little more research, but we'll keep y'all posted on our social media. Um, and Matt, do you like wrestling? Rachel, I like wrestling. 